new beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram alongside Dr. Joshua Black. How are you feeling today, Dr. Black? Oh, I'm inspired today, Sean. Today is a good day. <laughs> he is charged and ready to go. On today's podcast, we have Samantha Pasut, and she is authentic, living magnetism in a powerful package. She is an accomplished artist and art historian, a spirit guide, chakra healing clairvoyant, and an abundant love and courage facilitator. A healer and an empath, Samantha is Canada's youngest Reiki master, and she also happens to be one of the leading CBD educators in the country. Uh, So CBD education is a big part of what she does, and she's been working uh, with a business called MonaLisaHealing.com. So yeah, Samantha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to uh, talk to you and get to know you a little bit more. That's what we do in the podcast. And I always find it interesting what bios people send, right? Because like I get a lot of them (laughs) and you see a lot of them and you make your own. And then yours was very interesting because I have a hard time putting you in a box (laughs) of any kind. Welcome (laughs) to my world. (laughs) And so I'm curious, the being authentic, I think that's really interesting because it's saying not everyone is, and I can definitely understand that. So when did you become authentic or how did you even get to that place where that was a goal of yours? That's a really great question. It almost makes me want to cry. I think that my authenticity, or I know that my authenticity has been with me since I was born. I was born with a heart condition and I had heart surgery at five days old. So growing up from the minute I had awareness and consciousness, I was always a very sensitive, funny, loving, and sometimes aggressive little girl. Because when I see an injustice, it it, it sparks something in me. Do you know what I mean? So authenticity is just something I am because whether you've known me, like I said, for five minutes or for 15 years, I'm still that same person. And it's just important for me to have that, that sense of, you know, connectedness with myself and my soul. I don't really need to search for who I am because there's this deep knowing. And I've always knew that I would be doing something important with my life. It's just when you're 5, 10, 15, 20, you're making all those little steps that lead up to the big culmination of what is your life. So if you're going to say, when did I know? I knew from the minute I opened my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Very interesting. And yeah. so do you get a lot of resistance for being authentic? Because I think in our culture, we fake a lot to please people. And yeah. so do you, do you find resistance as you walk? <clears throat> oh, my goodness. I grew up in a town where it's more socially acceptable to be fake than to be yourself. So I was met with resistance the minute I went into the system, the school system. You know, I would have friends that were cliquey. And as much as I was part of maybe the the clique, I was always also the punching bag because I was the one that, you know, take the kindness for weakness type of deal, you know. So it's definitely something I've eased into, especially growing up. I'm 27 years old. So I'm mixed with all types of ages and cultures of people from young eight-year-olds to old 80-year-olds and you have to really know who you are and people know if you know who you are when you meet them you know so some people I'll click with because they're comfortable who they are and some people I won't and it's very 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 evident and apparent so it's not like I have to guess and so how do you deal with some of that conflict because you said like people would pick on you 
as you were, especially as a child, when you're still learning the um, coping mechanism and stuff. So how did you get through that? As a kid, how did I get through it? A lot of reading and a lot of writing. My passion with painting, because I'm, I'm an abstract expressionist painter. That's like, if I need to release, that's what I do. But growing up, it was, it was a lot of self-hatred. I took it out on myself a lot. And that's what kind of led me to spirituality because I would always you always forgive you know like I grew up Roman Catholic forgive those that hurt you right so with that I always ended up letting people come back around but as you get older and you get stronger and you release the need to people please you just become more resilient within yourself as I got older I fell into meditation how I deal with it now is severe loving kindness you know like sending out loving kindness and I'm a Reiki master so energetically it's so much easier for me to handle intense situations because in a way I control it with my vibration. My vibration is stronger than a lower vibration and I'll try to raise the vibration of whatever situation I'm in to fit my needs so I can be present with it. If I can't raise it, I have to leave. Mm. So as a kid, it was, it was hard for me to cope because I grew up with, it, it, that's what spiraled me into a, a deep depression. I was diagnosed with manic depression when I was about 18 years old. You know, they. They asked me if I wanted to take pharmaceutical medication. They were I was prescribed to them at 18 years old. I went home with antidepressants, but I never ended up taking them. My brother actually threw them down the toilet, and I'm so grateful he did because a lot of our depression, a lot of our anxiety, and our nervousness, and, our, and all those things that build up, it comes from the need to create or the need to express or the need to be heard or seen. So my anxiety, my depression, even all of that picking, it just led me to me because no one's going to help you but yourself you know yeah i hear you there's a lot of self-reflection inner growth that we are responsible and it's hard to rely on others because you just don't know um for the most part and so i know one of the toughest one of my toughest critics even with the grief dream stuff and moving forward was you know family like sometimes family just doesn't get you and so as you start growing up and you started being a healer and empath and doing reiki like, was it a, is it a challenge for your family to understand oh. what you do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when I started bringing, because I'm a crystal healer. Like, you come to my house, every windowsill, every ledge, every surface has a crystal on it. When I started working with crystals, my parents looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> they're like, you, they're like, what are you doing? This is against our religion, right? Like, but for me, religion, it just keeps you in a box. For me i appreciate all the stories from indian culture to the roman catholic culture i feel like we're all interconnected and i'm very grateful that i've been met with more openness because i'm still the same person right people get scared when you change that you're you're changing in a way that you know you're not going to be who you are no change and evolving are two different things i don't think i've ever changed i think i've just evolved and that's that whole consciousness mindset idea behind spirituality and and inner growth and manifesting your reality like I didn't want to sit in my bedroom in Woodbridge my whole life like I wanted to make change I want to make change in the world and you know you make change by focusing on not what people can bring to you but what you can bring to other people so half of me getting to where I am right now has been doing that selfless act and servicing and making sure that I'm there for people because when I need someone or when I need the right people, they'll show up for me, right? So it's a give and take. You have to be, when you're met with resistance, you, you as the healer or the facilitator of 
what you're doing and you have to meet them with an open mind and understand that not everyone's going to see it because traditions and our ancestral chains, they really tie us down when we don't know what or how they're affecting us. And I'm just grateful that I was born with this availability to see past the veil. Like when I was a kid, I used to say to my mom, when I was an adult, like I would talk about me being a grown up, meaning, and I remember that vividly because I was always, I had the most vivid imagination, but maybe my vivid imagination was really my past life recalling and keeping me safe as a child because I could escape into my imagination or escape into those parts of myself. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, a lot of what you're talking about, uh, you know, I have kind of a smile on my face because uh, I went through a lot of that stuff. Like uh, I have a, a family that's <laughs> pretty, uh, really, you know, religious, they're Christian. And so um, understanding that, because what happened with me was I had to kind of separate myself from the religion because it was so entrenched in my family. Like both of my grandparents were ministers as well and then wow. the family was pretty religious so in order to appreciate religion and christianity i had to almost separate myself out of the fam the family ties because it was too entrenched and i eventually like a lot like i tell this story often but like last summer i went to this christian monastery and i had a different experience i, I looked at it from a different lens different angle and and sometimes, like you said, religion does that, and especially when family's kind of entrenched in it, is that there's these norms that are more important than the actual kind of content, and and that can be disruptive because again, like you you can't have you can't find your individual spirit within all of it. No, and you know when it comes to Christianity, and I love I love I love Jesus. Like I know it sounds funny, like I would be made fun of for being like the girl. I love Jesus, but if we can idolize like <laughs> Brad Pitt, you know, why not idolize a historical figure that came to this earth to teach us about love? You know, like that's how I view Jesus now. And I was even told by an intuitive one, and I always used to joke about it because I, I would go to this camp and it was, uh, they didn't really call it a camp, they called it a summer experience. And I, it was in Muskoka, Ontario. And you go up for two weeks straight. And it was, a, it was called Teopoli. And um, every year they would cast me as Mary Magdalene. Every year, no matter what age I was. They were like, okay, you're Mary Magdalene. Like, that was my role. And I always used to joke, like, man, I must have been Mary Magdalene in the past life because I know what it like feels to, like, be persecuted. <laughs> as well as I, can, I, I, I resonate, you know? And I was told that. Like, it was confirmed through, a, like, a medium once who's not Roman Catholic or Christian of any of the nature. And she just asked me out of nowhere what's my connection with her because I carry her energy with me. So one of my past lives, for how deep my family's entrenched in the Roman Catholic faith, for sure was in Jerusalem during that time. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. when I was listening to these stories growing up, like, it wasn't like I was learning them. It's like I was remembering them. It's been a remembering, like, my experience on earth has been more of a remembering than a learning experience because I, 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 it sounds funny, but like, I listen to a lot of big Sean, like I love him. And he <laughs> says like, it's like, I've done this before. Do you know what I mean? Like people who are called to things so strongly, it's the soul being like, okay, now is the time. Like Bastia said, now is the time. You can't wait for tomorrow. You can do it right now. You know, and that just yeah. starts with clearing your mind and changing the channel. Like my manager, Peter, he tells me, if you don't like what you're watching, change the channel. Yeah. And that's very powerful because if I want to start watching 
you know, a joyful experience or I want to manifest, you know, my dog being a little bit more trained than he is, you know, I'll just see it in my third eye. And whether or not it happens right that very moment or it happens in two weeks, I know somewhere down the line it's going to happen because that's what I want in my heart, you know? So I feel like that's, that's, that's for anything you want in this world, no matter what, even your own healing, you know, visualize six paths. You know, you don't necessarily have to go to the gym every day and stress yourself out, but you can like love yourself until you feel that way. Does that make sense? I know I think yeah, that no, makes that, sense a lot. That makes a lot of sense because you're... Because people you're, think I don't make sense. I'm, you're pushing you know, yourself. Norm. Well, you're setting goals. You're setting goals yeah. for yourself. You're pushing yourself. And, you know, you might not vocalize them as goals or write them down or have a vision board about it, but you're you're putting those miles, putting those goals in front of you. So for you to reach at a time, and that's great. That's, that's, you know, maximizing the human potential. It's, you know, you, you really have a rebel spirit about you. And I think that's, 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 that's manifested since childhood, you know, being a child, pushing the boundaries and kind of having a different perspective on certain things. And that can be frustrating. That can be very isolating and frustrating because you're, what's you know in a classroom how many how many kids are rebels you know maybe yeah. you know two or three. Oh my god i was such a rebel like I, <laughs> right and they're not finding was, each other so you're lonely so then the majority are, are on one side and then the rebels usually they're not banded together <laughs> but they're on the other side and this is that tension and i felt that i felt uncomfortable you know feeling different because then you have to kind of now even battle your family because you're the same rebel in that home as you are at school it's crazy oh man like that that actually just hit me in a way that i've never been hit before because <laughs> like 100 percent, and it's not like a rebel without a cause it's like the martin luther king rebel you know what i mean it's like the that, jesus rebel yeah right? man like jesus rebel a hundred percent a hundred percent and the thing about rebels are usually the empaths in the group right so i would be a conduit for other people's pain as a child growing up and you've got to be careful when you're a healer because broken people know what you look like. They will gravitate to you. Mm -hmm. Whether they're your teacher when you're 15 or they're your best friend when you're 20, it doesn't matter. Broken people are everywhere. Like our souls are recycled, you know? You could, I, I, was, I was born with my left artery completely shut and the doctors did not catch that in any ultrasound in the womb. Like that's something you catch. You look at the heart. You look at the function of the baby's heart like how do you miss that my mom brought me home like i was discoloring i had to give her signals as a baby that i needed to go back to the hospital or else i would wake she would wake up one day and i would be dead like it's that like it's that mentality that from the minute i was able to think made me realize that life is such a gift and i don't understand why people are living it like this you know <laughs> Well, I think you do understand. <laughs> I do. It's just a frustrating thing, like like Greta, like standing at the UN crying about the like the like the state of the planet. Like it's the same situation. I don't under. I, I say to them, I don't understand because I want them to explain why they do that. Because once you start, like Socrates said, once you start examining the self, like the unexamined life is not worth living. Like people who live every day just to wake up. I respect it. I understand that's the culture. That's what we grew up learning. But if we're miserable. Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? Yeah, it's it's very interesting how people live their lives because it's not as miserable as think if you and me or Sean were living that life, 
right? Like to us, that seems very miserable, but to them, that's life. And because they have a different perspective, they don't know any better almost, and they can continue to do what they do, but they wouldn't say that they're miserable. They'll say, oh, they're happy or they're okay. You know, like they go for, you know, different emotional reactions and stuff within themselves. But yeah, at the end of the day, it is interesting looking at human behavior and why people get up in the morning, why they do what they do. And, you know, that's why we love talking to people in the podcast, because you, you definitely have, like I said, a fight to you. You have a, a purpose. And it feels like I said, like, well, it feels like you told us uh, you've been here many, many times. And so like that reincarnation aspect of it all is, I think, is fascinating. And I'm curious to ask you, what why do you feel you keep coming down to Earth? Right. Like, I'm guessing there's a purpose there. Oh, my God. Like. I did a, I don't know if you're familiar with Vedic astrology. No. So Vedic is Eastern astrology, not Western, not your natal chart, like how we would do it here. It, it goes by more in depth than what, what we know. And I had a reading then last year around this time, and he told me that my chart is the chart of someone who's come here to do lasting work. Like, like that's why I met, I think, that's why the synchronicities have, like I've been told so many times that I've, I've, I've been, I've come here to do something very specific. And, but I, and that's, an, thank you for asking that question. And I'm very honored. Um, I don't know. I, like you said, the, there's not enough rebel spirits and that whole idea that God can just be one of us. Like I was sitting in church the other, like, like three weeks ago was my parents' 30th wedding anniversary. And, you know, I don't go to church very often anymore because I don't feel like, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not serve any other God but I. And yet I'm here listening to people who don't practice so much. Maybe like you could be a priest, but are you are you godlike? You know, um, I could be more godlike than a priest by my own actions and my own intention and my own thought process. So it's funny. So the, 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 the priest asks all the young children to come up to the altar and to sit and to have a conversation about the archangels. And you know, he was talking about the Archangels and Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Gabriel. And that's my job. My job is to literally work with the angels every day. So I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, let me, let me hear what he has to say. And when he was explaining what angels do and how angels don't live on earth and how angels are just in the angel world and the spiritual world, I got a little bit confused because I believe in earth angels. I believe I'm an angel, you know, like I've gone through so much in my life that how could I not have that that angelic resistance to so much pain and so love the people that hurt me. You know what I mean? So he sends everyone back to their seats and I raised my hand in the middle of mass. I raised my hand. I don't know what God was like, put your hand up. Like if he, in my mind, I'm like, if he's going to talk to eight year olds, why can't he talk to me? You know? And he called on me. So I was, I was like, okay, I've never done this before. And he probably was like, what is she doing? And I'm like, I don't know. And I said to him, I grew up believing or was told by the priests that I was growing up with that we were all made in the image of God. And he's like, okay, he reflects on that. We were all made in the image of God. True, because he was just talking about Archangel Michael and he was, he's the most godlike. He's the thinker. He's the philosopher. He's the protector, you know? I was like, so can't our own perception and judgments of people, you know, confuse us on what God really is or who God really is or what God really is? Because that's an honest question. As Roman Catholics, they're so judgmental, constantly casting stones at people who are not, you know, fitting a certain mold. But who said that the one mold that we're told we need to fit in is the only mold that exists? And he got so taken back, like in the middle of mass. And I did it a little bit out of spite. Like you said, I'm a rebel, you know, like, 
<laughs> I'm pushing the norms to make people go home and think about themselves. Like I don't, and I, and you know, as a psychic and intuitive, you sit in those places and everyone's going up for the communion and everyone looks sick guys. Like everyone looks sick. And I'm just like, what are we feeding ourselves here? Food and words are both things that you feed yourself. Thoughts are things you feed yourself. Like I used to eat more than I should because I wasn't thinking more than I should. And that's also as a kid, how I coped a lot with, was with food, right? Like how else are you going to cope when you're a kid? You, know, you go to your grandmother and she makes you a plate of pasta. You have two or three, you know, and then you fall asleep and you're good. So it's just one of those things where like you got, I don't know. I don't know where this was going, but all I wanted to say is <laughs> ask the questions, like ask them, be that, yeah. that person, you know, like I've always been asking questions. Like my optometrist last week was like, you asked too many questions. I was like, nah, <laughs> like I asked the right amount of questions. Yeah. And I think that's, that's uh that's amazing. And I, I think those are special people in this world, right? It is a small percentage, but at the end of the day, without the rebels, there are no paths that are being carved in new. And because you're carving a new path in a lot of areas, people, it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be that easy. You're not going to have a lot of fans on the side of the road, but you know, who knows five, 10 years down the road, you see people adapting to it, like the main public. And then all of a sudden something's, you know, hot again, or, or that, that, that's where you were, but you're past that even more. And like, look, whenever you're any type of person like that, or even like you take someone like Jesus or something like that, you know, he, you're still also, there's a part of you that's also still frustrated with society around you. There's a part of you that's disgusted by some things. Like if you know some of the Jesus stories, like he was very upset at the society as it was and what was going on. Yeah. Very, very just taken aback by just disgusted, you know, on a whole part. But how do you now also tie in love into that? How do you now, you know, look at the other side of the coin and still love those same people who are like that? And that's, I think, a difficult thing. Um, I don't have an answer for it. I'm definitely battling that as well. Is like, how do you look at society and frustrated and and be upset at it, but also still love it and want to make it better? What do you like? How do you do it? How do you do it? Well, <laughs> it's tough, right? Like, you know, some days I like I'm so bogged down that I can't even get out of bed or get off my couch. Sometimes, you know, yeah. you have to give yourself, you have to give yourself those days. You know what I mean? How do I do it? Like, that's a good question. Because, I mean, like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's just a lot of acceptance. You know, like, especially being a girl, like I face a lot of jealousy issues. Okay, and it's not because I've got the perfect body, the perfect face, like. That's not things that people are jealous about about me because when it came with when it comes to my my surgery that I was talking about, I had major scars on my body that created like a lot like never mind people like the universe gave me a reason to question life. So when I meet people or I'm interacting with people who even are my friends and they're starting to show their true colors, you just step back, you step back, you distance yourself, and you send love. What good does hate like? meeting hate do nothing you know an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind so for me sometimes i deal by disconnecting and you know like there was a situation with uh you know family if i can't talk to you for a week and i can only text you that's me creating a boundary right you create boundaries for yourself i do a lot of like shielding i don't know if you know what that is it's like white light right so the minute i'm feeling really overwhelmed they're really staticky and no direction and projected on and directed negativity you got to sit with yourself and come back to your center and that's why I love Reiki I've been studying and practicing Reiki for five years and Reiki is not 
voodoo. Reiki is not witchcraft. Reiki is literally unconditional love. It's the availability to sit there and send unconditional love no matter the outcome. You know, like I even having partners and dating in this world, like, you know, not everybody's worked through their toxic garbage or their toxic family patterns or history. Like, you know, and you can love people and see their potential, but you've got to love yourself more than the potential that you see because they're not giving you what you need. No one's ever going to yeah. give you what you need. You yeah. know, even as a lover, like you, your lover should never be your home, they say. Because if your lover leaves, then you're homeless. You should always be your first lover. And I've been on my own for about over a year now. And from being in relationships consecutively, you know, like maybe a combative of almost five, six years altogether. And, you know, this has been the most positive experience I've ever had in my life because I finally have the courage to be on my own. You know, like, you never know what you're capable of unless you push yourself. And some people are scared of pushing themselves. So if pushing yourself means that you... Send someone that's sending you negativity love, see what happens after because it's a chain reaction, right? Every action has a reaction, no matter how big or small. That's just the way the universe works. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I, I totally agree with you on that subject of if you need to, you know, disconnect or move away or find your own place from something that's negative or someone that is pushing a lot of stuff on you that's overwhelming you or just too much or, or you know you're not in that space and like you said you know to to resupply to restock that love in yourself to kind of get that at maximum capacity and then you know i don't think there's anything wrong with that disconnecting yourself so that you can you know refuel that love so then you can do and be your utmost best and then go ahead and do that and then you can send you know positive energy from far and meditate on it or pray on it whatever you need to be i always tell josh this story of how uh you know when jesus was starting out his work there's a point when his family's like oh jesus his mom's like jesus what are you doing you should come back visit your brothers you know you got this new brother you haven't even met yet and i'm obviously paraphrasing <laughs> but he uh <laughs> he goes no what are you why are you pulling me back to this stuff i have work to do i gotta go you yeah. know reach out these other people but like, like when she lost him in the temple right like where's my son i can't find him well he's been teaching for two weeks in the temple like why don't you go learn yeah and that's the separation almost jesus had to make with his own family in order to kind of do what he needed to do uh, at least that's my take on it but like you know these are i think all of us are like that we're all like that where sometimes you know even the people we love we need to kind of step back because maybe what they're pushing isn't the best thing for us right now but yeah, that's the beauty, and and you mentioned that as well. Yeah, like I I recently, my grandfather recently just passed away. Um, about two months ago, almost, it was almost two months, and he was like my best friend. He, I'm April 17. He was April 13. I've never lost anyone like in the physical pain that I cared about, like with my heart, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, he's just kind of shown me being on the other side that it's not what we think it is, you know all these rules and all these structures and all this judgment we carry around, we all go to the same place when we die. We really do. And, um, you know, he's come to me before he passed away the same day. Uh, he came to me in my dreams to say goodbye to me. You know, he was always a jokester. So he was wearing a Spider-Man mask and said, I'm not supposed to be here, you know? And he gave me a big kiss and like, then he went off flirting with the girls because that's what he loved to do. You know, like he was a, he was a ladies' man, but he was so devoted and loyal to my grandmother that you don't find love like that, right? Yeah. So, like, sometimes when 
you're given examples of like beautiful examples, you gotta have to like reflect it within yourself before it can manifest. Because we grew up more damaged than they did because we had different we have different different stuff we're dealing with. Like Mar- like Marshall McLuhan says that we live in the age of anxiety. So whether or not you're conscious of your anxiety, it's present. It's present when you have insomnia and you can't sleep. It's present when you have back pain. Like I believe that all ailments come from as the stemming of anxiety because anxiety like it, it deteriorates at your central nervous system and then your whole body your immune system it just starts shutting down on you right so that's kind of i don't know where i'm going with that i just wanted to mention that you know getting sick getting old it doesn't need to be the way that we think it is because i believe that people have constantly thought that oh aging is such an, a negative thing like you, you know like we're going to die but listen, we're, we live forever. And the work you do now doesn't just leave, leave once you leave. It stays. You know, you leave lasting impressions on people. Like, I, I can't explain to you the kind of lasting impression that my grandfather left on hundreds of people. I've never seen that kind of farewell in a way, you know. And what's funny is my, my grandparents and my, my, my family, they're not, they're not in any way open to spirituality whatsoever. But my grandfather ended up going and coming through a psychic to my, one of my, my, my cousins. My, I'm the first grandchild. She's the second, and we're the only two daughters. And she went to work the end, uh, like, so he passed away on a Sunday. I mean, a Saturday. We had our funeral on the Monday, Tuesday. And then she went to work on Friday because she needed to get off her mind. And literally someone sitting at the bar, she was an intuitive, a psychic, said to her, pulled her aside and said, did your grandfather just pass away because he won't leave me alone? And she had a 45 minute conversation with my cousin, Natalie. And that was just showing me because I had prayed for a sign that it's okay for me to continue to do what I do without guilt because I hold so much guilt. I have tattoos, you know, like I cut my hair, I'm single, like I'm 27, I'm Italian, I live on my own. I'm the oldest grandchild in both of my sides of my family. Like I've, I've literally become the black sheep. But him coming through like that just showed me that he understands now what I'm doing. Because they don't always understand when they're here, you know? It takes that level of, like, the transmutation. Like, he had to transmute his body. He had dementia, you know? And when you look at Louise Hay, she's one of my favorite favorite people. And there's this book called You Can Heal Your Life. When you look at dementia, dementia and on an emotional scale is, not wanting to see the world as it is. And all my grandfather would ever talk about is how messed up the world is. Like he would complain, like he would literally turn the news on and he would not stop talking about the politics of the world for hours. That's what I grew up around, you know? So knowing that part of his leaving this planet was because he just couldn't bear to deal with it anymore. It it completely, when I found that out, it completely shaped the way that I'm going to do my work. You know, like who are you doing your work for? You're doing your work for not only yourself, but for other people. When you get nervous, you focus on service. And that's kind of my motto. And, you know, he didn't even die from dementia. He didn't even die from his heart, his congenital heart disease. Like, he died from fibrosis because of wrong diagnosis from a doctor that put him on medication that developed this. And then he ended up being on oxygen for two years straight in his nose. And if you know anything about oxygen, like, we're not, we're houseplants. We're not machines, you know. And I don't believe that that was the right thing to do at all and the day after he died from his lungs drying up we found out that the amazon was on fire 
and there's these, I was on Instagram and all these pictures show up of like a dried up lung, which is what I saw on my grandfather. And then the Amazon literally the day after. And I just, I kind of lost it guys. Like I was just like, that's why I get mad. And that's why I have this like forcefulness because why are we living? That's what I mean. Why are we living our life like this? You know, like, why are we blind to our bullshit, as they say, you know, I can't handle that. I really can't. That's why I'll open my mouth, say something that someone may not like, but at least they're thinking about something other than themselves. Yeah, they're probably thinking about you and <laughs> like how mad they are at you. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny. But yeah, life is funny, right? Like with all the models, all the different trainings we've had, all the different perspectives people put on us. And it's a it's a crazy, crazy time of trying to undo, I guess, a lot of the stuff that um, our past uh, has sort of um, put into us in the sense of what we like, what we don't like, stuff like that. And so I think it's I think it's interesting, right? Like on just with people like I used to be really frustrated with people, especially when it comes to grief dreams. I used to get offended when people didn't understand the topic or said it was useless. And now I've like come to accept it. You know, people are, you know, just people and they're all living, you know, they're different ways and they have their different triggers and you don't know if their life and it's, and just because you, you think something's valuable to them, it may be scary, maybe threatening to something that they hold so true to how they survive, right. To how they've sort of kept going because it is, it's a lot of anxiety, a lot of trauma. People are carrying forward with no help and they just learned a certain way to deal with it. And it's hard to undo that. It really is. But, you know, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing and helping people and trying to provide a message of love and getting people to try to understand what love is. I think that out of everything, yeah. I think that's the hardest thing. Even I've learned through like dreams, especially is that, you know, what I've what I thought love was has changed every year I've been alive yeah. since probably eight years ago, nine years ago. And so I'm really excited because it means I'm going somewhere and I'm feeling something that's different than last year. And so as much as I call it love, who knows what it really is, but there's like this peace and joy that's sprouting, but it's like you keep learning and relearning and, and seeing some of the stuff that's underneath it all. But at the end, I'm going on a little spiel. Anyways, uh, it's your show. <laughs> no, 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 no. I <laughs> and so, Love is the best topic. Love is the best topic because love has so many different facets and so many different faces that it's so hard. And like, that's another thing that I'm facing is this idea now that I'm hitting the age where everyone's getting married, having babies. Like it's, you know, go, go, go time. And I'm like, yo, no, you know, like I like, you could love someone and not even be with them. I was explaining to the cab driver last night. I'm like, you have this thing called a twin flame. And your twin flame, you may or may not ever meet them and you may or may not ever end up with them, but they're the person that you have this unconditional love for. They mirror the exact image of you in a way, but that relationship challenges you more to love yourself than to love this person that is you. Do you know what I mean? I was going to say the game's inside, right? Like it's the more we can understand ourselves, the more we can understand the world and the chaos around us. Because it's really, I think, if you one in the same. And that's how I sort of learned to have compassion for the world because I've learned to have compassion for myself and the growth struggles that I've went through and the, I don't call them mistakes, but the different things that I wouldn't do again <laughs> in, uh, in this life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to jump on that, you know, that's a great point. Like sometimes, and 
you know, I'm just assuming as an empath, you're taking in a lot of stuff. You're taking in, mm -hmm. like, when your grandfather died, you're taking in that really family. intimate, right, into individual kind of moment for you. But then they're taking in the Amazon burning as well, which is like the global kind of yeah. atrocity and it's a global kind of grief, you know. So you're taking in all these things, and I, 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 I feel. I feel very linked to you because I, I feel the same way in a lot of moments where he, that frustration builds and it's people sometimes, again, I used to get frustrated with people like, why, why can't they just do this? Why can't they just understand this? Why can't they just come forward? Um, and, and whatever it is, but I, you know, sometimes it's just, it just requires that much more effort into compassion because you're like, look, people are intricate complex individuals like if someone eats doesn't eat lunch and then you know they go off and have a bunch of interactions they could you know their mood could be bad and then they blow up on that next person like there's all these moments in these lives where you just can't control and, no, and that's and that, that yeah that's where trying to enter in that compassion into it is is that much more important because then i'm not focused on them i'm focused on something else like it's if, if you run a race you know, the winner is not looking at back. He's looking forward. Everybody else is looking at the winner, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying to catch up to number one. So, like, that's what it's like almost sometimes where you're, where, you know, just me. Like, I'm, I'm focused too much on, you know, people doing me wrong or people who have, you know, misgivings or just not the right way to think or whatever it is. And I get frustrated by that. But that's just holding me back. I'm just, I'm looking back at the other runners for no reason. I literally got a talking to yesterday by my manager, Peter, and he's just like, listen, we're going forward. You know, whatever happened in your family life, when it happened, it happened, you know, and I, and I explained to him and I'll explain to anybody that ever like asked me about how I feel about what I went through as a kid. And it's just, it shaped me, you know, if it's not your story, you can rewrite your story. The chapters moving forward are not written, you know, but what an what 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 better way to live your life in the early stages and oh, i only see this now and it's not because i'm not I'm, i haven't always had this perspective but like man i'm so happy i didn't get everything handed to me on a silver platter because i wouldn't know what it'd be like to work for something and achieve and earn right. you know like even not even just money but self-awareness you know like i felt like i really had to protect myself growing up all the time all the time i was getting abused from every angle and that's just because hurt people hurt people mm. and everybody was hurt and nobody knew how to heal and nobody knew how to help themselves you know as you get older you understand things and when you're younger you're obviously extremely angry but man like I have so much love for my family because it I wouldn't be Samantha without them even if I didn't have the resistance I wouldn't have been able to you know, find that path or forge that path because I would just be following everybody else, right? Gave, it always gave me something to look at, something to think about. And that's all I'm ever grateful for. Like, it's new information, new scenes, something new to understand. Like, it's, it's there for us to, it's our experience. We chose our experience. You know, we chose this experience. You chose your parents, you chose your family, you chose your friends. It's all written. You know, we have a blueprint. You can take the fork in the road to go left or right, but there are things that are predetermined, you know, and you know that. And that's why our, intu our intuition can be confused with anxiety. And that's something I learned to distinguish, you know, a little bit later is that as a kid, 
I would have all these anxieties, but it was really just because like, you know, like an hour, two hours later, something really chaotic would happen. That was my way of my body telling me, hey, on guard, you know? Yeah. And, and look, I like the way you frame it like that. I think it's important to, you know, to take charge of the narrative of our life and to frame our, our past in the way that we need to move forward. And, you know, that might have been the best holistic pr- approach for you, like you said, to choose all these things. And you chose that for a reason. Um, and I think that, like, look, that's when you face those resistances as a young person, you know, that just that was the trigger for you to resist back. And and you that's practice for you. That was like, you know, that's pressure. They say, you know, pressure makes diamonds. And, and or I was pressure, literally I said that right? the other day. I, I said <clears> or pre- or pressure can burst pipes. You know, it can, it can do one of the other. And, and if you're that person who, you know, took the pressure and took it in the wrong way, it could change the course of your life. But for you, it seems like it became practice and, and you just got better at dealing with it. And that's something you can, you know, hang your hat on and look back at your life and say, you know, I, I went through that, but it was important for me to do it. And now look at me, I can I can do this, this, that and whatever. I have capacity to love myself and others. Well, like all this, all like all of all of the security that I now have in myself came from though taking CBD every day for like two and a half years straight. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I, prior to taking CBD, I've been a cannabis connoisseur smoker for over 11 years. That was my, that was my antidepressant. You know, I like to zone my, I, I zoned out a lot more than I zoned in as a kid. That was also another way that I coped. And, um, but when I found CBD, I was able to be present without being aloof mm. and still hold my ground and change the the, the transmit like the, the the wiring in my brain that viewed a situation negatively because the way cbd works on a mental illness level one it's a natural xylitic and it helps balance the dopamine serotonin receptors in your brain but it also works within the whole brain so if you have trauma or ptsd it's going to help you acknowledge it but not feel it anymore because you still have to accept what you've been through and if it wasn't for CBD, I literally would not be this person either. Like, I know that for a fact. And that's why I got involved with Mona Lisa Healing, because I want everybody to have this availability to feel like they're free from their mind. Because it's, we're just chained in our heads. It's all it is. Every ailment, I believe, no matter what ailment it is, from the most severe to stubbing your toe, comes from your brain. Comes from the energy that you're putting out, what you're thinking. And I've chronically been hurting. I've, I'm, people know me as a club falling, slipping, breaking, you know, like I'd fall up the stairs as a joke, like growing up, like I'd never <laughs> fall down the stairs, I'd fall going up the stairs, like who, like, you know, trying to skip a couple steps. But that's also just ways that I was punishing myself, because that comes out in like, you know, I never took it out on anyone else, I'd always take it out of myself, not being able to live in the moment as, as much as I'd like living in joy, experiencing it and feeling worthy of it, because I have this like, imposter syndrome, where you know, I've, I've been told that I'm not this person, but I know that I am. So who do I believe? You know, you got to believe yourself, no matter what people are going to tell you. Everyone's, someone's going to try to test you and you've got to see whether or not you're strong enough to pass the test. Right. And CBD gave me that mental clarity and that mental strength to push through because it only amplified mindfulness and meditation that I also do. Right. Like mindfulness is a neurogenesis. So is CBD. Neurogenesis means that the building of new brain cells and, and, and the protection of the brain. And we know that, you know, one traumatic situation could change your entire life and the way you view yourself. So knowing there's an alternative out there, 
that isn't pharmaceutical based with any without any side effects and has zero harm on the human physiological state besides helping it because we have something in our body every mammalian life has something in their body called the endocannabinoid system. It's called the ECS system. And that system naturally balances the rest of your body, every other system. So for me, when I started learning about this, and I incorporated it with crystal healing, I incorporated it with Reiki, I incorporated it with art, it's like the art and science, right? Like Leonardo da Vinci. He considered himself a painter last, and that's mostly what people acknowledge him for. But that was not what he thought he was. He was an engineer, a mathematician, a carpenter. Like, he did everything. And that's kind of how I view myself. So having that art and science balance and people having more balance, in this, whether it's sports and then reading a book, you know, you need to, the physical, you also need the mental. It's got to come from both angles. I, I totally uh, agree with what you're saying in a lot of ways. I think that, like, what... Whether you do CBD, whether you do yoga, whether you do meditation, these are all portals almost and ways you can alter your perspective, which I think that's the main thing you're looking for is how to get out of your own head and into a different zone, which also, you know, because growing up, you had this idea of yourself as a klutz. Well, if you have the idea of it, it's probably going to manifest more and more times because you think that, right? What shifting that perspective away from that into who you actually want to be. Um, is, is, is what I guess CBD does for you and what, uh, you know, it can do for other people and what a lot of other people use in whatever yoga, Reiki, you know, um, well, you should do it all together. Like, I feel like it's just, it's just, they're just all tools, you know, yeah, God gave yeah. us our tools and it's how you use them. If you're having a mental breakdown, what are you going to do? Yes. You may want to go into a meditation, but how about if you have a hard time focusing? Well, there's something to help that. You know what I mean? Like I always look at, the you know the answer is one but then there's one a one b one c one d do you know what i mean yeah absolutely so that's kind of how i feel about everything that i do whether it is cbd like i love meditating a lot of my meditating is visualization meditation a lot of it comes from um you know closing my eyes and visioning peace because no matter what people are going to tell you or, you know, whatever guided meditation, you still have to believe it in yourself and in your soul and in your heart. Like you have to believe it. Um, yeah, no, that's just kind of, and then there's animals, right? Like there's so many aspects to what you could do to make yourself a more wholesome person, but it doesn't matter what you do. You have to live it. You have to be it. You have to embody it. Like you could say you're a nice person, but how about if you're really not, you know, like usually if you have to convince others and you are also trying to convince yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good place to be. If you have to convince people that you're a nice person. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm a nice person. Right. Like <laughs> people should just tell you if you're nice, you know, like <laughs> maybe your consciousness being like, are you? <laughs> All right. So I guess this is a good time too to talk about Mona Lisa healing in the sense of, so you have the website and so what, products are on there and what can people find on there if they want to know maybe more about the, the topic because I know it's just becoming really something in Canada uh, with the legalization of marijuana so a lot of people are our eyes are a little more open um, so could you just talk a little about what's on the website yeah so we are a hemp derived uh, non-psychoactive psychoactive THC free company meaning like this is the hemp derivative of cannabis so it's not even cannabis whatsoever because we don't want to really work with that right we want to remove the stigma so what you'll find on monalisahealing.com is 
right now a series of tinctures. So there's three different strengths. There's a 750, a 1500, and a 3000 milligram tincture that are all in 30 ml bottles. We manufactured this product straight with our heart, like purity, quality assurance. It's triple lab tested because I've worked in the industry and I've built two other companies when it comes to CBD. And I, I, like I say, if I don't make it, I don't take it, you know, because you don't know, you don't know who to trust. And I trust myself. So I manifested into my reality and avail- a way of giving other people what I take myself because I know it helps me. People, usually people will be like, well, what do you do? Like, you know, like, how do you, how are you this person? You know, a lot of it is my, I give it to CBD because, you know, whether you're drinking your 12 ounces of water and eating your fruits and vegetables or taking your vitamin D or vitamin C or whatever it is, like, there's something you do every day that helps make you feel the most optimal self. And I went through, after taking high dosages of CBD for almost two years, like, I had balanced out my digestion. I lost 20 pounds of emotional weight that I cannot gain back. I, I fluctuated my entire life with my weight and like CBD completely changed my digestion. It completely changed my flexibility. It completely changed any inflammation. Like I had broken my ankle and my wrist throughout my life. And when I started taking the CBD, I started feeling like this tingly sensation in both those areas because it regenerates bone tissue and muscle matter. This molecule is literally one of the most powerful plant anti-inflammatory. So for people who suffer from chronic inflammation and they're popping Advil, that's deteriorating the inside of your stomach, right? So I, even my, like my family is your firsthand experience is what you, you, where you see you need to help people, right? So we made Mona Lisa with the intention. It's an online site because people really don't have that much time to go, go out anymore. Like you got to be focusing on yourself, you know, like it's, it's nice to have the availability of something showing up in one, two days without having to pay for shipping. I understand that. I never really understood the whole online aspect because I'm like a people person, but with Mona Lisa now, I'm going to be doing a lot of blogging. So I'll be writing about things that I feel like are important, raising awareness that way, some video blogs. It's going to grow. There's intention behind the site to be more than just a CBD company. We are, you know, healing facilitators, every one of us, you know, whether your demographic is for young children, because all mammalian life can take this. My 11 month old puppy takes CBD every day because he's not neutered. It's just me and him. He's an alpha male. I need a little bit of help when it comes to that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Like, he's I, a feel, I feel for you now. <laughs> I have a Thank dog, you. so I know what it's like having a non-neutered dog. <laughs> it's crazy. And, not, and he's, he's like, listen, he's beautiful, and he's never <laughs> eaten a shoe in his life. And, you know, like, he's only ever attacked his own toys and tore them apart minutes after I bought them. Okay? I now know what it's like <laughs> to feel like when your parents are like, you don't know the value of a dollar. Yeah, you spend $40 on your dog and watch them tear it apart in four minutes. Then you'll yeah. know the value of a, do- a, a dollar, you know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah it, it helps in every aspect. And that's kind of like also with my grandfather, seeing the way the healthcare system took care of him and being in the healthcare system myself my whole life because having surgery, I had to go do checkups every year. And I recently just came into the understanding that I may or may not need to have. And I think may or may not because in my mind, I don't think that, I need to have surgery again, but from what the doctor is telling me, they would recommend it. Mm-hmm. So now I've got to go in and take care of my health through my own knowledge and ask for second opinions because I, 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 I have a completely different perspective on going to the doctors. Like I don't, 
I don't want to get into it because that's not something I'm ready to tackle right now. But I like I like the holistic avenue. I like I like things that don't make me feel like not myself. You know, like I have a lot of friends who take antidepressants throughout my whole life, and you know, I've seen them not be who they want to be because they're muting parts of their emotional being, and it's not authentic anymore. Sometimes it's more authentic to be angry and volatile than it is to be numb and aloof. You know, so. I'm grateful that I found something that allows me to carry my emotions in a way that I know how to use them in healthy ways. Cause I create every day, whether I'm a model taking photographs or I'm painting or I'm writing, or I'm out there talking to someone, like I'm using my emotions in a way that'll help other people acknowledge their own emotions. And CBD is an emotional healer. It's an emotional, spiritual, physical healer. Like I, I believe that if your body's in, trouble then your mind and your spirit are in trouble and if your spirit's in trouble your mind and your body are in trouble and it's it's just it's the holy trinity you know like there's always three things to think about and with cbd it just allowed me to be more conscientious to myself like the way you treat yourself is the way you're going to treat somebody else so that's also another thing that helped me acknowledge all the hurt people in my life i'm like okay well they're treating me like this i can only imagine what they're saying about themselves in their head you know, so Mona Lisa is here to create that platform, that safe platform for people to find alternatives to things they're dealing with, because it's literally multifaceted, multidimensional, and it's an isolated molecule. And it doesn't, it's not just now, like CBD or cannabidiol or hemp or that whole aspect of cannabinoid therapy has been around since the Chinese dynasty. You know, the Egyptians had the highest endocannabinoid count once archaeologists went in and did like bone marrow like uh, dissection. Like they, they were smart. We're about the smartest we've ever been as humans. I know we have all these things like Little Mermaid says, look at my stuff isn't in me, but we're not the most evolved mentally that we've ever been. That's funny. Yeah, as a group on average. Yeah, it's interesting, right? The uh, how we've changed over time based on different rules and stuff that have been in place. But it's cool how things always find its way back. It's almost like fashion, right? Like there's always, it always comes back around yeah. <laughs> sooner or later. Um, Life is cyclical. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny, right? Like you sort of see it all and it's just like, it's, it's a play. And I, I'm glad that you're, you're in something that has helped you and you're promoting and raising awareness. I think that's the hardest thing, especially when, the main plant has been illegal for a long time there's a lot of awareness that needs to be done and like same thing as we're doing here at the grief dream stuff a lot of awareness there's still a lot of people who get triggered by this stuff or just you know um who hold it back i guess the best way to put it um from the mainstream and so at the end of the day it's just like you continue to raise awareness can you do your thing and people will find you as you said like people will find you if you're hurting they'll come to you because you're a healer but they'll also find your website and find other aspects of like to the plant stuff if that's a calling for them as they move forward. So you know, I'm just glad you're doing what you love. And that's the hardest thing in this life is to find that with because with so many voices telling you what to do, that you should have you should have kids by now, you should be dating. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> hey, I'm 35, no kids, so uh, you're only 26. I have a daughter, and I would have liked to give a portion of your life up and like the way the world works, it'd be really hard to have a child out of wedlock. Mm, so, yeah, you know, yeah. like. But you do your thing. You find your way and you do your thing. And 
your your way is going to be different what everyone else's way is but that's why you're a rebel it's really you don't really have a blueprint because you're so different from the norm and that's great you know that's cool and i, I appreciate that part of you because it makes life interesting to meet people like you and you don't feel bored when you're talking to them at all either it's just like there's something that you offer that's different from other people and that you know good for you good for you and so we uh we always like to ask on for our podcast one last question and that is if you could have a dream tonight of your grandpa um what would that look like to you if i had a dream of him tonight what would that look like mm -hmm. like he was a man like he was a hairstylist that's how he met my grandmother she was a model and they he modeled her hair and they fell in love and he also was a carpenter he was a craftsman so i already dream of him tonight i would just want to see him doing what he loved and that he was an artist and it made me want to be an artist so if i were to dream of him tonight i'd want to see him on a roof yelling and screaming his italian gibberish and being his happy joyful self because he was literally his name was natale it's like saint nick you know like he was, he was christmas he was he was pure joy so i just want to see him being happy and healthy and do you want to be a part of that dream? Or do you just want to be like watching it from afar? I, I, I wouldn't mind being a part of it. I wouldn't mind interacting with him again. Sorry, I get emotional. I don't think I've accepted that he's gone yet because it's so hard to accept that someone you literally were raised by. Like that's why I do feel like I should focus more on healing things with my parents. Cause like once they're gone, you can't talk, you, not that you can't talk to them, because I think I've had more conversations with my grandmother, my grandfather, than I had two years with him suffering from dementia. But um, it, it's just one of those things where you just, you just want to know that they're okay, right? Like people suffer so much, you just want to know that they're okay. And usually we're the ones that are still suffering once all that's said and done. Like I lost my first grandfather when my mom was 13 years old. I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, I was probably floating around somewhere, but he died in a traumatic car accident. So my mother didn't grow up with a father. And I only grew up with one grandfather. So he was like my, he was, he was the emperor in tarot, as you would call it. You know, like I do a lot, I do tarot, I read cards. He was the emperor, he was, he was the ruler. So it's just, I kind of feel responsible. Like my dad, I have a very, I'm an Aries, I have a lot of male energy in me because I'm very passionate and forward and, you know, I pursue my dreams and that's usually a yang trait more than it is a yin trait. So, I don't know, I just want, I, I, I don't mind, I, I'll be in it. I'll hang out with him, you know. It, it, it'd be tough for me, I'm usually watching those things because I don't know how to handle it, but I hope he comes to visit me again soon because I do want to dive deeper into that world and it, it, it would, you know, it's just hard. It's just, it's, it's hard losing people and grieving and, 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 and moving on is, is more about resilience in the people that are still present and here, like I said, than it is about the people that have gone. So, I don't know if that answers your question, because <laughs> hey. I just felt really emotional. I'm like staring at his picture right now, to be honest. Like he, he's everywhere. Uh, you have a, well, it definitely shows you have a lot of love for him. And it's nice to hear that and to hear that he was like a, a rock for the family in a way to the emperor but you have all you have a lot of love for him too so he was he did something special for you did he understand you more than other people in your family oh wow it's so weird that you're asking me this question <laughs> uh you know like the last thing he ever said to me 
because my grandfather ended up getting induced in a coma because the doctors didn't read his chart properly when he went in for a CAT scan because he was complaining about his head. So the same day he went to the hospital, not unconscious, he stayed there. It's like he went in. So the Sunday before that happened, he looked at me before he left and he literally said to me, Samantha, are you okay? He was the only person who ever really allowed me to just be who I am. And he did. He and, and that's why it was hard for me to go through the funeral with my family is because I wasn't I was the black sheep for a long time. There was some family stuff that went on and I hadn't seen that side of the family for a minute because it, you like you I wasn't invited, to be honest. I wasn't invited and that's what I feel like triggered a lot of his emotional scarring in his wound in his brain because he couldn't control his family and he couldn't control how people were acting, although he himself wished he could. So to not express that anger, you, you, you repress it. But when we repress anger like that, it comes out in, in other ways, right? So one of the first things he ever said to me when he actually, when I found out he had dementia and some massive crazy stuff had happened, he like said to me that you always thought it was your fault and it was never your fault. You've been an angel since you came to this earth. And I'll never forget that he said that to me. And I never told anybody really that because like, that's a huge compliment, you know? And every time he would see me when, he, you know, the last two years, he just stopped in his tracks. Like he, like he would always tell me that I'm beautiful. Like he would lecture me to make sure that I understood that because that's something I myself struggled with growing up, you know? like. I, I, I was bullied. I was I was I was emotionally and verbally abused. So you believe when you're told things, you want you'll believe them. So for someone to tell me that I'm beautiful and not to hold it in a jealousy way, because it's hard, you know, like people envy beauty. But beauty is not what you look like. It's who you are. So if people think that I'm beautiful, it's because I act in loving and beautiful ways. And, and that's what I truly believe. It's not about my looks. Like I've got major scars on my stomach and my torso that like make me look like I'm an alien and that's something that I always felt like I was different you put a, a bunch of girls in the lineup you cover our faces we all have the same body type but you know who I am because I'm scarred and you see my scars and it looks like I have three belly buttons a little bit right like I, I had surgery at five days old my the skin staples grew onto my muscle you know so imagine growing 27 years in a body that it's there's staples, like your staples shut a little bit. Like it, there were parts of myself that were close to my own personal power and my solar plexus, because that's where the, the scars are in my solar plexus. And that's why I always felt like I was giving away my power. I had to learn how to like stop that so that I can embody and appreciate who I am and not give it away to people because it's not for them to have. You have your own power and it's your choice whether or not you want to lighten up or darken down. I don't know how to, else to put it, right? So, yeah, I do believe that he was one of the very few people who understand, understood me or understands me because I don't feel like he's really gone. Yeah, that's um, that's beautiful, you know, how you put that. It, it's it's kind of like sometimes I think parents, um, because they're protectors and, you know, they have they look at it as a child in a different way. Like they're responsible for a lot of how they grow up and stuff. I think sometimes that gets carried away and maybe they do too much. That might be a little harmful. But grandparents, they don't have to do that as much. So I think they can appreciate a child for what it is. And the, they see it. They, your grandfather obviously saw you from a different angle, saw you from a, a, a way that you wanted to be seen. You know, like you didn't want to 
like you said, be, be kind of um, like you kind of traditionally were, however you were seen superficially. But he saw you as a light, right? He saw you as a bright light. And I think that's 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 a beautiful thing. And he said that to you. You know, a lot of people don't get that opportunity to get told that. And, and like you said, that's so special. And that's why it's kind of it's been hasn't been the hardest. Like I, I know people that are taking it extremely hard. But I like made sure that I was listening when I needed to listen, you know, and that's an important part. Like if people are talking, are you listening? You know, people could be telling you exactly what you need to hear, but your ears could be closed. So it's yeah. about awareness. It's like, where are you when you're present or not present? And, yeah. And that's and on that's, you. That's that's good for you, too, because you're a you were able to accept that you're able to internalize what he said to you, because if you were just hung up on the past and what what had been given to you as in terms of like no focus on this and this is more important and you know you're you're out of place or whatever it is you're black sheep this and that well you wouldn't have had space to hear what your grandfather said exactly exactly and i really encourage people to live their truth and to keep asking them yourself those questions you need to ask like I bumped into like a grade 12 portfolio I did for religion. It was called the CPT. And but I think it's actually for philosophy class. And once I took philosophy in grade 12, everybody knew that it was game over for them. Like it was game over. Like I looked at everyone. I was like, you guys, <laughs> yeah, like I'm sorry. <laughs> Taking you out. Uh, we're done here. And you know, it's so funny because I read stuff I read, I wrote in grade 10. And it was talked about how by 27, I wanted to be married. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to have a family. And then there's grade 12 where I never wanted to get married and I don't know exactly who I am yet. And I love that I'm an artist. So like the transition from who I thought I was going to be to who I kind of knew I wanted to be to who I am now, it was, it's been like, I went to York university because my mom really wanted me to be a teacher, which is obviously where that energy comes from. You want to impress and you want to please your parents, you know? And so I went, I said, okay, fine. But if I'm going to York University, I'm going for English and philosophy. What am I going to go for? You know, I also went to a high school where I went, I was specialized in visual arts. I was a visual artist. I didn't even think about going to OCAD. Like that wasn't an option. You can't be an artist. What, 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 what is artist? You know, when I started identifying as an artist, as a, as a job title, everyone got scared because what does that mean? What does that mean? How are you going to make money? How are you going to survive? You know, and then I went to Ryerson after York because I did not like the environment at York. It was very morbid. That's when I found out I was manic depression because I, I struggled with suicidal thoughts because nobody understood me. How am I going to be understood if I'm not being heard or I'm not, I don't, you know, like I, I struggled. I struggled with every aspect of mental illness because I felt like I was alienated in a black sheep. And then I left. I left there. I went to Ryerson and I did some humanity courses that were philosophy based. Because I just wanted to learn about people. And then when I decided or said, okay, Sam, you need to go to university, they said, or they need, you need a degree, they say. So what are you going to do? Are you going to apply full-time at Ryerson? Because I knew I wanted to be in the city. Or are you going to try to go to OCAD for a, as a mature student? And I said, you know, well, what's the harm of trying to go to OCAD? You know, I had, done, I had some mentors at the time that were like, well, what are you going to go to OCAD for? Even then, I, I applied for illustration because there's job base in illustration you know, art, you can be hired by a company, work for magazines, but we both know, like, we both know me, I knew deep down, I just wanted to paint. 
And I wanted to paint like Jackson Pollock. I wanted to paint like Picasso. My Instagram name is daughter of Picasso. Like I didn't want to be put in a box. And then I went to OCAD. I got in and I accomplished it. I got into one of the most competitive programs in the country. And yet I'm not even doing what I want. Still, I completed two and a half years within five years. Like at OCAD University. So it was just. I'm still learning, you know, and then I got involved with CBD and I, 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 and spirituality and all those other aspects of what it really means to embody the title artist and who I am and who I was going to evolve into. And a lot of it came from having to remove the idea that I needed a degree right now at 27 years old to be considered smart, successful, and independent. Like, you don't need that. You do. And I want that. I love school. Like, if I could be in school for the rest of my life learning, I, I will be. I hope that. But it's expensive also. We've created an economy we can't even live in. Well, how does it make sense? Thank God for TED Talks and Netflix and books, because that's how I learn. I'm a self-taught learner. I, everything I can learn in school, I can also learn at home. You know, it's the value of your concentration and your determination to get it done. You know, if you need to be in a classroom setting, that's perfect. If you don't, that's perfect. Who's to tell you who's smarter or more qualified, you know? So that's, you know, and what I'm hearing, yeah, we we sure could. What I'm hearing about this is there's a, there's a lot, there was a lot of resistance in your life, a lot of finding out what your true inner voice is and you taking more stock into, as you went along, it seems like you're taking more stock into what your inner voice is and what your passions are, what you love to do rather than uh, taking stock into what you've been told and what, you know, kind of like societal kind of pressures and and uh, societal kind of uh, what's what casts that are put around you to kind of stick to a plan or whatever it is. Like we all get those fears and those kind of, you know, resistances that are all around us. But let me, you know, give you some hope is that you're 27. And if you're, if you're doing this now, that's an amazing thing. You're thinking about things, you're reevaluating your life, you're questioning stuff, and you're always pushing for more in terms of your yourself and what you want out of your own life. And I think that's amazing. Like there are people who are, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, on their deathbed right now who wish they had did that more, wish that they had, you know, had had the courage to kind of face those challenges. Cause you know, you could easily just <clears throat> not easily, but like, you know, you could be like a different person and, and say, okay, well, this is what my life's going to be. And now I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to, you know, whatever. And, and just live your life. But you know, you're always constantly pushing for the best in, in bringing out what can be the best and happiest in you and most loving. And that's, look, that's that's the journey. And I think that you're doing an amazing job so far. Again, like you're, you're pretty young doing it. And look, I, we all have those things. I, I thought I'd get married and have a family at 24. <laughs> I used to tell my mom that. But, uh, you know, I had to roll with the punches and things change and we change as an individual. We change so much. It's incredible. People ask me, hey, what's your five year plan? And I hate that question because I'm like, dude, I don't even know what the next year is going to be, let alone five year plan. But that that's the beauty. That's the life I've created. And I love it. Me too. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm very grateful. I'm very blessed. Like no matter how many, how much material things I have, it, nothing equates to the way that you carry yourself. Or who you are as a person and i hope people really really believe that you know yeah and i think your grandfather i think shows people what what you should be for someone is someone mm -hmm. who's not judgmental someone who allows you to have the space to just be 
And, you know, because there's not a lot of people who allow you to be and to appreciate you being. And he did. And I'm really happy you had that because you're right. But there's so much resistance. You can get down on yourself. You can get down on the world. But he brought a lot of love and a lot of hope on what people could be. And you can inspire to be for other people as you move forward. So, you know, hopefully, like, here and being on the podcast, you felt heard. And we gave oh, you a glimpse of... Maybe what your grandfather gave you, but you know, it's hard to compare to him. But uh, at the end of the day, we just hope you had a good time here and just sharing. And I enjoyed the conversation a lot and hearing about how you sort of morphed and, and what you continue to try to do to help others and to continue to grow inside. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I would love to come back on. Like, I obviously have so many things that I love to talk about. <laughs> but no, this was, I've been on. Uh, a few sh like radio shows and I've done a few podcasts before and every time I get on there I just I leave feeling like I've done something that day that could help somebody you know like if, if that's all I could do every day is help one person one one client one patient at a time you know you can't can't multitask so much we have to remember to come back into our center and just remember why we're doing what we're doing and then reevaluate and move on as I see it, you being you just is all you need to do. Mm -hmm. And then if people get helped or not, that's on them. <laughs> and so, you know, and most people will. But at the end of the day, you know, you being you is the most important thing because that's the goal. The goal is to be authentic to yourself and to move forward in this crazy world with that. And, you know, that's what Jesus said. We talked about and a lot of other, you know, famous people and inspiring people constantly do that. Steve Jobs did that, you know, like so over and over again, you see like it's being authentic is the way to go if it's coming from the right place of, of your heart and that's what your goal is so you know i'm just happy you can you know if anyone else sort of grows or whatever it doesn't matter you're good you made it you know you've made it and you've done something and it can it's going to continue to grow without your awareness and that's the beauty of this life we never know who we actually impact yeah if you love something let it go and let them grow on their own and that's kind of that's the motto. Everyone wants to control the outcome of situations. You can't even control the outcome of your day. You can just control your reaction to things. And, you know, I was reminded yesterday by my racing master, I was having a really rough day. I could not concentrate. And, you know, I was talking about the new tenants and everything. She's supposed to just remember, just send the pink light. Just send the heart. Like, visualize sending someone. If you're having an issue with someone, just look at them like they're covered in hearts, you know? <laughs> That's Thinking pretty that, it That's helps. Cool. I'm telling you, it's fucking helps. Is there like a Snapchat filter like that or something? <laughs> it's like, I think there's throwing an Instagram hearts one up. now. There's all these guys. Yeah, you can yeah. find something on that. Well, Samantha, this has been a great conversation. And I really, I really believe the soul, I think it's soul work what you're doing right now, right? You're doing those that tough work. And I think yeah. that that soul work is going to pay off. It's going to pay off when, um, you know. Time's ready. Yeah, you have a peace of mind and you have a understanding about yourself that's beyond what uh, what you were before. Um, where can people reach you and um, obviously get some? I actually I actually ordered some CBD as we were talking, but uh, really, where, yeah, I did actually. Where uh, I was so motivated by it, and I really like what you said about the product and how it's clean and and where it, where it's derived from and. Uh, yeah, it could have a lot of use in my life. But uh, Rick, give out uh, the website and where people can find it. So MonaLisaHealing.com is our website. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page at MonaLisaHealing as well. My personal page is Daughter of Picasso. 
And if you have any questions, you can always direct message me. My email is Samantha at MonaLisaHealing.com. And I'm always and willing and ready to answer any question you think that I may have the answer to. Doesn't matter what it's about. Could be about taking a bath, whatever it is. <laughs> me up. It doesn't matter as long as it's not weird to the answer. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. Samantha, you know, you're a beautiful soul with just uh, the, the ability to kind of question things and, and you're a rebel just like me. Um, so please, <laughs> please check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic. We did add a donation button and there are perks to those who donate. If you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams group. You can share your dreams or hear more dreams of others. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Grief Dreams and at the Grief Dreams podcast. And as always, we like to end the podcast with love and gratitude from us to you. Introduce myself. You have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.